Welcome to The Workplace, where we're hot on the trail of what makes great workplace cultures tick and what we can all do to make the ones we work in better. I'm Andrew Scarcella. This episode, we'll be talking with Namrata Yadav about inclusion, diversity, and why those terms are so much more than buzzwords. Join us after the interview for Tangible Takeaways, where we'll talk about the ideas and actions we can take with us and implement in our own workplace cultures. Namrata Yadev is the head of inclusion strategy at Bank of America, which means she's responsible for the entire enterprise strategy and initiatives for the multinational corporation's work environment and culture. Basically, everything great about the culture at Bank of America, she's had a hand in. And everything not so great, she's probably already working on improving. In short, she's an HR leader's HR leader. Namrata was interviewed by the one and only Katie Clifford, who I haven't seen in person for months. And it's bumming me out. Hi, Katie. Welcome back. It's been a little bit. It has been a little bit. I think I have some new gray hairs since the last time I saw you. I wasn't going to say anything. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. (laughs) So, Namrata, she's doing some uh, pretty progressive things at Bank of America. What was one program that really stood out to you? So I was particularly interested to talk to her about some of the things they're doing, uh, family-friendly programs that they're promoting. And at the event where we had Namrata, she actually had her kids with her, which is something that Bank of America allows for kids to travel with their parents. Um, and it's something that I I have never seen actually in practice. It feels like there's a lot of sort of talk about how do we make it easy for parents to, you know, have full-time jobs and then companies give six weeks of maternity leave, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they are really walking the walk of like, hey, how do we make sure that Namrata is able to do something like this and also be a, a present parent? And it was bring her kids to the event and have the company sort of facilitate that and pay for it. And I just was so struck by how that is the way forward for families in, the, in this country and, and they're really paving the way. It's pretty amazing to see what they've accomplished there. So, uh, yeah, let's get to it. Namrata, it's so exciting to have you here today. I just want to start off, diversity and inclusion, it's a pretty broad topic. And I think those words can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. So I'd love to just start off by kind of grounding us in what, when you talk about diversity and inclusion, what does that mean? Sure. And thank you for having me here. Um, you know, I love quoting Verne Myers. I mean, that's my favorite quote from her on diversity and inclusion. But, it, you know, diversity is being invited to the party and inclusion is being asked to dance. And one of the new pieces to it that I love uh, quoting as well is belonging is when you're asked to choose the music. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so not just getting to come and getting to hang out, mm-hmm. but also like being part mm-hmm. of the actual uh, party. That's a really cool <laughs> addition to it. Um, are you using belonging as part of the terminology? Is that Do you see that as a word that we'll start hearing more? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're in this DNI journey, belonging is just part of that journey. So let's talk a little bit. Uh, it also can be a, trip, a tricky topic. Um, I think the, the terms diversity and inclusion can sometimes get people sort of shut down a little bit and they're nervous to talk about it. As Bank of America started their diversity and inclusion journey, 
Um, was there any resistance at the beginning? Did, did, were people nervous about h- how they were going to approach it? Um, so that's a really interesting question. Um, so we've been on this journey for such a long time now. And it's not been a journey of, hey, we're going to do DNI now. Let's do like compliance-driven, mandatory-driven journey. It's been a business journey. So it has been driven by a CEO. It has been driven by a management team member. So it's just a mandate. This is how we work and this is how we do business. So it wasn't a separate DNI journey that we had to build out. So it was business driven and what we continue to do now. And, you know, I've been here for 11 years. And in my 11 years at the bank, I've never had this conversation. What's the business case for DNI? Let's sit down and talk about that. Okay. It's been what's the next practice? How do we continue to evolve? How do you continue to make an impact? How do we continue to make sure our employees can bring their whole selves to work? That's an interesting term that you use, bringing your whole self to work. Maybe you could elaborate a little bit on what that means, because I'm hearing that a lot, mm-hmm. and it's an it's an exciting concept. Yeah. So talk to us about what that means. Yeah, so that's bringing your whole self is your best self, or you can call it your authentic self, is when you don't feel the need to cover any aspect of yourself. So when I think of myself, I'm a woman, I'm a person of color, I'm an immigrant, I have an accent, I'm from India, I'm a mother, I'm an extrovert, I'm an atheist. Um, And, you know, there's so many different, I'm a millennial as well, there's so many different facets to me. And the fact that I can take that to work and be that person, that person that's made of all these different facets is bringing your whole self. So I don't need to feel, I don't need to cover this fact that I'm a parent and I have two young kids and I have to run back to them or that, you know, um, I have an accent and I'm covering it all the time, like as if it doesn't exist. So I think that's what really bringing your whole self to work is. And it's something that we do every day to make sure all of our employees, not just someone like me, but everybody walking through our doors feels courageous enough to be able to say, hey, I can be myself. So you've created a space that's very safe for everybody, mm-hmm. regardless of sort of what their backgrounds or current activities are. Yeah. So how have you done that? That's a pretty broad question, but maybe you could give us a, sort of the the 101 version of what. how has Bank of America managed to do that? I think it's leading by example. Like I was talking about, I mean, it's, it's driven by a management team, a CEO, a leader. So it's really walking the talk. So what we do a lot of is storytelling. Um, so we have a senior most leaders to our frontline leaders sharing the stories and talking about who they are. And I think that has become this large cultural shift where people are feeling safer, feeling valued, feeling respected, knowing that there is someone for them. Organizationally, there is someone for them. We have so many employees telling us, you know, I came out at work first before I came out with my family and friends because I knew this was a safe space for me. So I think that's really been through like the storytelling, leading by example. And, you know, it's part of our value system. It's one of our values is realizing the power of our people. And we live by that every single day. That must mean you have leaders of all stripes, right? Mm-hmm. If, if people are seeing themselves in your leadership, what kinds of, is it a recruiting practice? Is it, how is it that you've managed... I think that's an unlock that lots mm-hmm. of companies are looking for is how do we get those people? Where do we find them? How does how does your organization do that? Sure. I mean, just talking about our metrics and what we look like as an organization. I mean, it's for us, it is we need to continue to look like the clients and communities that we serve. So when you look at some of our numbers, they're one of the best in the industry. We are more than 50% women globally. Wow. More than 45% of our US-based workforce are people of color. When you look at our senior leadership, 
it's similarly diverse. So, you know, more than 40% of a board of directors are women and or people of color. And our management team is over 45% women. That's double the 16% industry benchmark. Um, and when you look at just from a different perspective about veterans and our employee networks, we are so committed to that from an LGBT allyship perspective. So I, I don't think it's a recruiting play yeah. in itself. It's looking at the entire employee life cycle and culture. There's a recruiting angle to it, definitely. There is a sponsorship angle. There's a promotion angle, retention angle. So it's looking at it holistically and not just one piece. They just hire, hire, hire. Yes, we get them in. Then what? Um, so how do we make sure we create an experience where, again, everybody wants, feels like they can thrive here and want yeah. to continue thriving here. So you mentioned that you're a parent. Mm -hmm. um, and you actually mentioned before, as we were talking, that your kids are here. So is that, uh, you're, I mean, you're here for work, right? Yeah. So is that part of a program at Bank of America? Like talk a little bit more about what parent uh, policies are offered. Yeah. So I can, I can go on and on about our benefits <laughs> <laughs> and how easy the bank makes my life uh, in terms of coming to work and being giving my 100% at work and 100% at home. So, you know, one of the policies that we have is a backup care program. Um, and I use that all the time. So I, I have no family in this country except me and my husband. So he travels a lot for work. I travel a lot for work. A lot of the times, I just have to take the kids with me. And the bank's backup care policy helps me find a babysitter in a hotel or they find me a daycare center if that's more convenient for me. Um, so that's the piece I don't think people realize. And that's the whole inclusion angle to it that we're making sure we're having the conversations constantly is are we providing a workplace a space where our employees and their families are taken care of. Yeah, well, that that really goes back to belonging, yeah, right? Is yeah. It's not like you as a parent have to pretend mm -hmm. that your life doesn't exist so that you can belong at the company. They're taking who you are and allowing you to belong. That yeah. must be a really exciting thing to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the biggest steps towards diversity and inclusion is just talking about it. So how do you get your employees to be honest with you about, like, how do you sort of pull that out? What What is their experience and how can it be improved? How do you find those things that people need so that you can address their concerns? So we constantly talk to them. So we have programming, conversations, discussions built for all of our audiences and employees. So we have something for our mid-level managers, our mid-level individual contributors, our senior leaders, our frontline leaders. So we touch all our employees through these discussions. And one of the pieces that we built into that as a way to get the feedback is every time a discussion happens, we ask questions, you know, how did it go? What did you feel? How are you going to change your behavior? And then we even ask, what else can we do? What's on your mind? What should we be talking about? What aren't we talking about? And we collect that all the time. So it's like month over month, we're getting thousands of comments and saying, I want to talk about this. And we literally talk about that. Some of the times I don't even like agree with some of the topics. I'm like, I don't know. Do we really want to talk about this? But we do. And I'm surprised at how many people show up and are get engaged in that conversation. Do you see in your retention numbers that this has been a successful approach? Yeah. So it's exciting that you asked me that because we actually have done multiple research studies. So we did a study where we asked our managers. So we asked a question about our managers around if our managers attend more of these inclusion conversations and get engaged in these discussions, what happens to them and the teams? 
And we found that managers who attend our conversations tend to have higher performance rating, lower voluntary attrition rates of their direct reports, especially women and people of color, higher recognition that they give their employees, especially, again, women and people of color, um, higher engagement of themselves and the team and higher intent to stay. So that study was fascinating for us to see there was a direct correlation between some of the work that we were doing and what we are seeing in terms of our business metrics like retention, promotions, uh, performance. So, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but at Bank of America, you have your corporate employees and then you have all of your, your banks, mm-hmm. correct? So it, does that change from a corporate standpoint to actually out in the, on the front lines in the banks? So I think that's something we really pushed for, to having a consistent message for our mid-level and frontline leaders. And that's something we built out about Say about five years ago, we started this inclusion journey specifically focused on our mid-level leaders and the frontline leaders. So, you know, some of the conversations we're having, the invite goes to 150,000 of our employees. So it's not just, you know, five people coming together and yeah. having a conversation. So we are doing this in a broad way. We have created social learning communities. We have blogs, podcasts. Uh, we have um, social platforms where people are talking about these issues. We actually encourage even like in our manager huddles to you know, talk about, share stories uh, in different markets that we exist in, whether it's globally. We are bringing people together to have these courageous conversations. So it could be between just two people or it could be a thousand people. And we let leaders lead those discussions. So it's it's pretty far and wide. So it's not concentrated to one audience, but it's across the board where we have we have this conversation on inclusion and it's a consistent message that we have. Is there anything you're particularly proud of in the work that you've done in the last few years at Bank of America? Yeah, there's so much. But one of the pieces is that we were able to disrupt how diversity and inclusion learning and training and discussions happened. So usually, traditionally, it was in a room uh, with where you would sit for a couple of hours, talk about DNI, and you know, I've been in those rooms, and there was a, you know, this, when I thought about it, when I was leading this work, no one wants to be in that room voluntarily. No one, unless it's mandated, mandated, and it's like a compliance-driven effort. So we started thinking through how do we get people engage voluntarily, especially in an organization like us, which has so many compliance trainings and professional development, manager development, and I would feel DNI comes at the bottom. Like, how do we bring it to the top voluntarily? So the platform that we built was completely virtual. There were in- topics that people were talking about externally on social media. People were tweeting about it. We just brought it in. So doing these taboo topics that, you know, somebody would say, let's not do it in a corporate um, atmosphere. But it worked. And people showed up. Voluntarily, people are showing up month over month. We've had close to 550,000 voluntary completions in the last few years. And each conversation, I'm like, is that enough? I mean, it's been so long now. But thousands show up because they want to be there. Technology is obviously an important part of what you do at your work, and it's an important part of all of Mm -hmm. our lives. What is the technology that you think we should use more of, and what's the technology you think we all need to cut down on? (laughs) Great question. I would tell my kids no technology at all. (laughs) But um, I I feel just the the traditional telephone is the most underrated technology, just having a conversation. We've forgotten to do that. So I would say definitely use that more. 
Um, and Great. in terms of, you know, using less of, I mean, I, I don't know why everything's becoming smart now. I, I don't think we need a smart refrigerator, for God's sake. But that, that I, I feel it, you know, everything doesn't need to be smart. I, I am sort of with you. It's okay if some of the things in my house are dumb and yeah. just, <laughs> just go like they go. No, those are two great ones. What is the last book or article you read that has stayed with you? Um, I'm actually reading uh, Tani C. Coates' uh, We Were Eight Years in Power, and I love it. So he's like my new hero. Yeah, it's hard not to fall in love with his yeah. work. <laughs> well, Namrata, thank you so much for being with us today. This has been a great conversation. Um, and congratulations on just really leading the way in such amazing, uh, in in an area that we all need to be paying more attention to. Thank you thank so much. You. Thank it's you for great. having me. Now it's time for Tangible Takeaways, where we take big ideas out for Sunday brunch at the latest downtown hotspot and order vegan chilaquiles with a side of bottomless mimosas and just dish the latest office gossip. The first is that while creating an inclusive workplace culture takes more than talk, it does take talk. A lot of talk. At Bank of America, that meant facilitating hundreds, if not thousands, of conversations led by leaders, discussing difficult topics, tackling tough questions, and generally getting into the issues that most people wouldn't dream of talking about at work. And after those conversations, questions, leading to more conversations and more questions. It's an arduous, uncomfortable process, but that's what it's going to take to create real, lasting change. The second is that inclusion must be inclusive. It isn't just about addressing the needs of a few select underrepresented groups. It means addressing the wide, wonderful range of experiences, genders, lifestyles, backgrounds, and beliefs. Policies to reduce hiring bias are important, of course, but so are policies to help parents better balance their work with their family. When Namrata travels, her children travel with her, because Bank of America helps her find daycare or babysitters when she's on the road, she can focus on work when she's working, knowing that her family's needs are taken care of, and still be able to spend the time with them that they both need. So much of inclusion is about thinking beyond the traditional role of workplace culture and taking care of employees as people, with all the complexities and nuances that come along for the ride. The third is that while diversity and inclusion is having a moment, we have to be careful to not treat it like a passing trend. Hashtags, commercials, and corporate commitments are all well and good for raising awareness and starting the conversation. But we have to push forward to the part where we do something about it. Real, concrete actions, not just statements of intent. If you want to talk about something, talk about the results of the policies and programs you implemented once they've started showing results even if it's just at the team level. 
Be the example to your coworker, your leaders, your organization. If you have privilege, use it for good. If you have power, share it with others. And if you still have hope for a better world, you're not alone. As always, this episode was written and produced by yours truly, with additional production, original music, and sound design by Daniel Foster Smith. If you liked this episode, or even if you didn't, please rate, review, and of course, subscribe to The Workplace on iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a burning question about workplace culture, or a story about why your workplace culture is the best, or worst, send it to theworkplace at octainer.com. Maybe we'll make an episode about it. The Workplace is sponsored by OC Tanner, the global leader in engaging workplace cultures. OC Tanner's Culture Cloud provides a single, modular suite of apps for influencing and improving employee experiences through recognition, career anniversaries, well-being, leadership, and more. If you want your organization to become a place where people can't wait to come to work in the morning, go to octanner.com. Hi, Katie. It's been a little bit. How's it, it going? It has been. I, I feel like I've grown a full inch since the last time I saw you. Is that what happened? I think so. I thought you just teased your hair. Oh, that's what it is. It does give me some height. <laughs> <laughs> Great opening. Let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel's like, what's happening over there? <sighs> um. <sighs>